to the Managing Change series of webinars from Speakin. Hope you're all safe and sound in your homes while we continue to bring the world's leading experts to you. Today we have with us Ms. Cathy O'Brien. Cathy, I would just request you to introduce yourself to our audience. Well, thank you so much, Speak Out and Subi. I'm so excited to be here. I live in Denver, Colorado, and have been a college administrator and for 32 plus years an independent social change consultant working with organizations around equity, inclusion, diversity, social justice. So very excited to be here and also want to send my love and hope that people are safe and well and that their families are safe and well. Thank you so much, Kathy. I think that's one thing that's really required in these times. And so how are the cases that you're in in Colorado? Are they, you know, I mean, too many cases or is it uh, mostly under control right now? We are still increasing number of cases. Our deaths are more than we should ever have. And nothing like California, New York City, other places in the world. Um, and so, as people might know from the news, the United States is still very unsettled, don't have enough tests, we don't have enough resources. Um, Colorado is one place where our governor is very on top of it. Our people are doing many innovative ways and far too much death and illness. Well, things improve. Uh, it's the same here. The count has increased for the past, you know, 15 days. So mm. the second version of the lockdown has increased. I mean, it was started, but we're just keeping our fingers crossed that, you know, this at least decreases the rate of deaths of people catching the virus now. So fingers crossed. So, Kathy, uh, there are a lot of audience with us, so I'll just uh, dive down to my first question to you. Uh, what, according to you, I mean, right now, how are the state of affairs in terms of organizational change? And how do you think the scenario would look like in 2020? So ironically, there is significant change happening, but none of it planned. Um, and so even two, three months ago, the strategies for creating inclusive organizations, employee productivity, teamwork, are probably all thrown up in the air as the organizations that I work with and that I talk with like this are day-to-day -day dealing with crises they hadn't expected, um, financial incredible shortfalls, trying to meet the needs of their clients. I do a lot of work in education and so especially at universities, they're doing everything virtually and people weren't prepared, maybe not very competent. Schools are closed. So just the constant unexpected crisis management is so different than planned organizational change, as you know. And so it really is calling leaders to be their best selves, to be putting people first. Yes, productivity is important, but we can't have people producing if they are scared, grieving the loss of a loved one, someone's in the hospital, if they themselves cough and they're worried they have COVID-19. And so it really is calling particularly in the West, I believe, to change how we do business, to not have profit, the only driver, but to have people and profit better balanced um, so we're not exploiting people in these horrible times. I guess that's one thing that we've all learned. It's not just the profits you know, that make the world go around. Till you value your people, I mean, everything is shut down. What, what will you do with your profits when people are not there to work with you? So coming down to our question, Kathy, the second one, 
at a time when all kinds of information are making the rounds it's very difficult for employees to stay focused and maintain productivity especially you know now that we've all been told to work from home so do you think are we really prepared to communicate and keep our teams engaged remotely so i actually been talking a lot about this on facebook and on some ways i just am gathering people to talk twice a week i'm doing something called community connections which is open literally to the whole world it's been mostly us and canadian just to come and talk about how you're doing and i'm doing the eighth one right after this and here's what i'm learning is that instead of getting on a virtual meeting and let's say okay what are our tasks let's get going i really think we have to put people first and do things like let's just pause and breathe i want to do some meditative practice and i'm not saying 30 minutes though that would be good but maybe 5 minutes of breathing and reflections things like how are you doing and what are you grateful for just breathe where do you feel stress in your body and let's just release it and so have a team that really comes together in community and then before you get to the work realize that the new work is how are you doing and literally have time for people to reflect and share now not everybody may want to talk but until we know who's juggling elder care that's what we call it in the united states child care our folks so many of them have young children at home that they have to teach while they're also trying to work and until we have a human connection on a business meeting and people can hear each other we're not going to get any work done people will pretend to work but they'll be doing other things and so we have to put this team development something else you can do is say so given how everybody's doing today here is our agenda do we need to shift it to something else seem more important is it realistic to do all of it and so as a team negotiate not the leader that means the person in charge with the power they can facilitate but truly have the team collectively decide given what's going on this really seems to be what we need to focus on and so have collaborative decision making now i apologize i don't know a lot about india i do keep up a bit and so i don't know if anything i'm sharing is useful because it's so western and so us but to be honest what i'm sharing is counter western dominant culture and so to have the team collectively take care of each other and then say so how do we move forward other things i think teams can be doing is for the leader to literally have a check in every morning whether people come or not 8 a.m. or maybe because of childcare 9 a.m. and say I'm going to be on the call for 30 40 minutes I just want to see how you're doing what you need from me how I can support you I think every day the leader needs and I don't mean just the top leader this could be team leader to say I'm going to record an update or have a live update that's recorded so that you know the what I know transparency is so critical these days and so two days the entire organization could be different And so every morning and maybe even every evening a 5 minute Facebook live type thing this is what I know right now and I'm sending you all love people will not be able to do the typical work until they know they are cared for appreciated um and literally things are changing hour by hour and so how do we be present with each other always available on email 
those are some quick ideas I have. And in meetings, I'm closing with meditation as well. Now, I'm not a meditator. Um, I am talking to people from India, and I understand that meditation is such a key part uh, of spiritual and daily life. And even just a couple minutes at the end of breathing and quiet and what did you appreciate about each other? How are we working together? And what are your core values and how do you want to live into those for the rest of your day? Those type of helping people remember who they are, who we are, and how we want to work together moving forward in a new way, a new normal. I have lots more, but I'll pause to see what you want to say. Equally relevant in India, I can't hear me now. This is, you know, it's exactly the way we've been working in. You know, it's, the conditions are the same across the world as of now. I mean, we've just suddenly been forced into this, and you know, you have to stay at home and work from home. And of course, we have our parents, and most people have kids staying at home. So, of course, the situations are the same everywhere. And not everybody gets up in the morning and, you know, does uh, pranayama or sukhita maskar or meditate. So, that, that's, again, very good advice. We have to take the time out and, you know, do that. Kind of just relax and get into the day. So, Thank you for the tips. I mean, they're very relevant, be it India, anywhere else. Those are all uh, very, very, you know, usable trips. So thank you for that. Can I add? You had asked a moment about what I envisioned for 2020, and um, I had a vision pretty much yesterday, and then I just read, unfortunately, before I was right about to go to sleep, how many colleges, which is a lot of what my business is, serving colleges, are probably going to not have in-person classes in the fall. They're going to continue online. And with all the budget cuts, I went into all kinds of fear because some of your listeners might be independent startups or independent um, consulting businesses. So the first is don't read the news before you go to bed. Uh, but how do we help organizations really think about what is their core mission? What how do they start, but more, what are their clients need today and their staff? And so what I see is what people call mission creep, that when times had been, at least in this country, much more um, business was really powerful and good, that people started getting into many things that might not have been their core business, what they're really good at, or what the customers need. And so to be thinking about who do we serve? And what are their needs in this pandemic and beyond? What do we do well? And are there things that are on the periphery now that we really don't need to be doing and that actually don't serve our customers and actually may not be cost effective? And while these are hard decisions, they might be important decisions in such an economic downturn recession. And so to be really based on our values, how we want to be of service in the world, how we want to create a world for our children and grandchildren, even in a profit corporation, but to really get back to our human values um, in this time. Because what I see, this is a time that's bringing out the worst in people, their habits of racism, classism, sexism, thinking I'm better, profit, fear, it's also bringing out the best of connection and community. And if teams and organizations can elevate those parts of us, even in our planning of what's our business going to be, how are we going to roll out new products and services? 
again, I'm a consultant and trainer. And so I reached out to maybe 20 of my current and recent clients and said, if you just want to get on the phone, no fee. I just want to know how you're doing. And about 10 I've talked to in the last week. It's been rejuvenating for me. I learned a lot and I was of service. And how can we help all of our people get back to, we are in this world to be of service. It may look many different ways. And yes, we have a profit and we have a lot of people to have a livelihood. But how do we have fair business practices, collaborative decisions, and really get back to service and our mission? Thinking and uh, so I mean, as for you, what all can you do to do that? You know, I mean, what are some of the things that companies should not do at all in these times? Uh, making people work from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. and check in often. This is a time to believe in our people that if they know what they're supposed to do and why. So get back to the why, our purpose, our mission, how they are important to the whole and help people remember their value. And then let people do what they need to do on their own time. So not be checking in and like, you didn't do, you're 10 minutes late. Um, not be making major decisions. I have several clients who are doing layoffs and furloughs. And when I ask them, did you do it with an equity inclusion lens? Meaning let's look at instead of first hired, you know, last hired, first fired. Let's look at what is our core business? Who are our folks? And what's our vision about having an inclusive, equitable organization? Who has the competencies we want, even if they're only recently hired, and have a thoughtful process, not a knee-jerk crisis that will get us more money. You probably know how in my country, the United States, the government has been sharing lots, of, well, theoretically, lots of resources. But then you hear how they're going to the companies that already have a lot of money or the people that are millionaires. And as you said, we don't really know what's true. And yet... How do we make sure we're serving, quote, the least of these or the ones that have been on the peripheral or left behind? We can no longer afford to have a world where 60, 70% literally of our world are pushed aside as not valuable. And we have particularly people who look like me in charge and valued with some other folk of color. We just cannot do this. The wars, I mean, I could keep going. And so if you're in a business, if you're in an organization, how can you today create the future you want tomorrow? Even if your business is a nonprofit, an NGO, how can you live the new values that you think will help us have a sustainable world on all levels? Um, so along the same lines, I mean, how can entrepreneurs or startups who run the risk of shutting down right now, you know, keep their employees motivated? I mean, they also have to be going through this, you know, mental moral crisis or mental crisis as to how can they sustain themselves. So how do they keep their employees motivated during these times? Your question has to remember if economically they could go under. And the one idea I had, and I have no idea, I wondered about saying to the folks you, on your teams and in your business to say, if you were willing to stay with us, 
and you are creative, innovative, and really help us rebuild, then we will give you a piece of the business. And whether it's stock, whether, I don't know what all the finances are. That's not my strength. But I do wonder if in a startup, there could be a way to say, we have to all take a pay cut or actually after May 1st, I don't know if we're going to have any pay. But for those that are willing to stay that have been high performers or commit to being a high performer, then we're willing to negotiate something so that, and we can check in every two to four weeks to see if it's still working. Um, That was the best idea I could come up with because a startup, probably two or three people can't do it on their own. They need people, but we can't have an exploitative situation. So why not think of a collectively owned business still, I believe in some type of organization and hierarchy, but there has to be a new way than this very few at the top making 90% of the money and most people paycheck to paycheck living. And so there's got to be another way. And I'm finding that innovative ideas like that one, which is not new, people have been doing it, but most startups probably haven't thought of it. Even teams are finding new ways to work together. So could you imagine if once a week, the team said, what did we do this week that helped us be effective, that supported each other in our full lives? And what of that do we want to keep into the new normal, even as we transition when we are able to be maybe more hybrid face-to-face? And how are we interacting now that reflects how we used to, that didn't work back then? Debating, interrupting, two or three people get listened to and the rest are dismissed. So how can we truly have more collaborative, inclusive working conditions, caring, self-care, community care? We are creating a new normal on so many levels. And so I think every week is not too often to pay attention. What's working? What do we want to do differently? And let's create our future now. I think this time, especially these questions have come up and, you know, this, this time especially has also been a great equalizer of people. You know, you kind of know, okay, no one person has all of the power, you know, with them, no matter if they're the boss or the employees. So, yes. And I think these questions had to be answered sometime. So better now than you know, later. Um, so employee advocacy does not always meet business realities, especially during the current times. Sorry. You know, it is possible that tough decisions will have to be taken by companies. So what advice would you like to give, out, give to the employees out there about the you know, reality of the situation? What should they be prepared for? When I saw the advocacy, I assumed it meant that employees have opinions. If, if they're unions or workers, they want to be heard. So having employees say to their manager, leader, Can we have some open forums, some conversations about what's working and not working? Can we find creative ways to have more community and input across hierarchy? Too many organizations are more of a, again, I don't know the military in India, but in the U.S. it's historically been very structured. You can only talk to the next person. And many corporations and businesses are still set up that way. We have to blow that up. And so can you have open Zoom forums where people can anonymously share questions, anonymously share concerns? A friend of mine told me a story about how the graduate students in their 
division, 100 of them, asked to be heard by the dean and the faculty. And they were talking about how the ones that were from other countries are now back in their home countries, but they have to live there and they have to keep their rent here or they'll lose their status. And, and the ones that are U.S. citizens are also juggling so many things and they've lost their citizenship. So hearing personally, senior leaders hearing from the employees, not hearing as complaining, but how are you doing and what do you need? I think your top leaders need to be having open forums. How are you doing and what do you need and how can we better serve you so you can do your work at least once a week. And there will be, when I hear the millions and millions of shortfalls that already the organizations I work with are having, and it's going to continue. This is just the first major disruption of a pandemic we've had in our country, but so many other countries have had others. I think it's, I think we need to get prepared for constant disruptions in ways we just haven't. And so employees knowing that being employed my entire life at this place or always working here may not be my future. And so how do I make myself indispensable? How do I show my talent, what I can do, my innovation? How do I show up the best I can and also know that the leaders are making very tough decisions, but continue to ask, can we have a voice? Can we have a, a task force? Can we have a cross-section of the organization that helps collect some input before you make decisions? Um, so many folks have not been able to save money in my country. There just has not been fair, equitable monies. And my understanding of most other countries, that's similar. And so I wish I had better hope. Um, but when I see particularly countries that I have visited at different times that do not have the same, um, that have been colonized over the years and resources have been exploited by my country and other European countries, those countries have typically and are still being exploited are not in the same financial position as mine. And so my heart, especially as you asked me, gave me the honor to be able to talk. I'm particularly aware of your country and others that while it has shifted a lot, as mine is, there's still high poverty, but, and many countries have even higher. So I just, I wish I had more answers, but folks that don't have savings, that don't have extended family with resources, that don't have their own business or don't have a food business, I, I do fear uh, so what can we be doing, those with resources to support organizations? We have food banks here. I don't know how India works, but the sharing of resources, how do we do that individually and collectively so we can get through this together and really not have the death and poverty that um, we are facing more and more every day in my country, and I believe accelerated in so many others. Well, uh, thank you for your thoughts, Kathy. I mean, it, it is bad here, but, you know, government has stepped up and so have several industrialists and, you know, big corporates. And mm. most of them have donated very, very, you know, open-heartedly. And lots of uh, donations have been made. PM himself has been, you know, coming in, talking to us every, maybe, you know, once a fortnight. So people mm. are stepping up, you know. you, you uh, These times tend to bring out the best in people. And we've seen that happening. Most of us yeah. are also, you know, donating to 
people who've not been able to work or you know the stray dogs or the animals who come here so at these times of I mean, you do see the best of people as well i mean the worst yes but the best as well so people have been trying to help and uh, you know hopefully we all come out of this alive and safe and you know we manage our businesses like we were doing so not you know like before but Hope we continue like we were here. You know, people, I keep going. And your last question of advice: um, I'm a spiritual person, and when I choose faith, when I do pray, when I do meditate, I can mostly stay in the belief that in this pandemic, more people are waking up to the need to be a collective community. And as you know, in the U.S., we are so individualistic and self-centered compared to other countries, particularly countries predominantly of color. And so I hope in my country, other predominantly white countries and other countries that have a more capitalistic profit, that we're waking up to we are all in this together. We are one. And when I stay in faith, I can believe that this is a time of awakening and a time of spiritual growth. And how can I be a part of that? And again, corporations may not be able to have that be a lead in how they talk to people. But I wonder if there might be organizations that can say, folks of faith that want to come together and support each other, um, could that be one of the ways people gather, even within organizations? I just wonder. I know our school systems probably have to have a church-state separations, but can you reach out to people if that's a part of how you find purpose, love, service, um, and just to really support people's well-being and health and self-care and know that it's going to take resilience and together we have to move together to get through this. That, that's the best possible advice. Just be resilient and you know, fight it. We fought on you know, worse before and this also will pass. Yeah. Okay, the, um, just to go back to my question, do you think the trend of working remotely would stay after this, after the pandemic is over? I'm planning for that. Um, so folks who are in my kind of business, I'm developing even more uh, virtual courses. I'm writing my fourth book. So I am doing even more webinars. I think now that more people are able to work, well, have to work at home, but they're realizing the benefits of that. In our country, many people have asked for it and many companies have been resistant. And so as people now might have more technology, internet, I'm much more productive when I can close my door and I'm working at home without. So I know people are much more productive when they are at home and their children and other family responsibilities are also able to be doing what they're doing. So yes, I think it's going to be a hybrid that a combination of work from home as well as face-to-face. -face. But as companies and organizations get better at doing virtual trainings, virtual meetings, and to realize that when people don't have to commute and don't have to waste that time in meetings that are unproductive and unneeded, maybe a benefit of this time is people realizing we don't have to have an hour meeting every we can do things faster so that people can be working on projects, maybe with the partner they need to, but do we really need to have? And so recognizing what's vital, what's critical 
to our effectiveness. And so much of that could be work from home. I also think people are going to realize that people with elder care, child care responsibilities do need more flex time. And if you want to keep your top performers, your best employees, and develop your middle employees into high performers, meeting their needs so that they can be productive, a hybrid, some at home, some in person, and more virtual. I hate to say it because I believe in face-to-face training. I've been doing it 35 years. But the world is changing just like this. Whoever believed I'd be able to have the honor to talk with you in India. And so companies have been doing global virtual teams for, what, decades now? The rest of us might need to catch up. And it's going to mean supervisors are going to, and leaders are going to get to much better at facilitating, not telling people what to do, but truly collectively learning how to have inclusive, productive teams virtually. And that's a skill set in my country that I don't think many leaders have. So how do you cope with the, you know, loneliness or the stress or sometimes anxiety that you know you come with, you don't need sitting here alone. You don't have to, you know, you don't have anybody to gossip with or, you know, just share what a cool chit chat with. <laughs> so I wonder if organizations can say, as you're working with people and you call them one-on-one, at least the first 10 minutes, I mean, literally at least check in. How are you each doing? catch up on each other's lives, talk about whatever's going, because we have to lift each other's energy. Um, Talk about what they're doing to take care of themselves and self-care. So much of self-care is connection and community. So whether that's in a team meeting, but to recommend, if you're working from home, reach out to each other, at least two people a day, and maybe not an hour, but even if you're not, don't have a project, just reach out and how are you doing, whether it's email or a quick call. Know that They may not be able to call you back, but they know you cared enough to reach out. And if people like structure, you could plan who's reaching out to who every day. So you know every day you have one or two people that you can have a human connection with. It's not work, but is relationship building. If if every organization can center relationship building and team development as the work in these times, it will pay off multiplied when there is more bandwidth and people can be more present and energetically present to be here. The grief that people are going through, the grief of loss of team relationship, uh, grief of lost ones, the coll- I don't even know the collective trauma, an organization, a city, a country, the world will have to learn how do we do collective trauma. We know how to do grief when it's individual and occasional, but I think we're now at about 32,000 people have died in my country. And we're still climbing in many areas still are not doing stay at home shelter in place. About, I think, eight to 10 of our states, so that's 20% are not doing it. And they have significant deaths. I could talk politics if you want. So uh, we're not done with the death rate. And the so we have to think about the transition back in and grief, trauma, counseling, teams coming together to share about that, really 
and the people that have those skills, the counselors, the therapists, the grief counselors, how are we providing them to our employees now? How are we making the community resources available? Paying for them as one of your benefits could be an amazing, we invest in you people first and we trust you to use it as you need it. Do you have time for one more quick thought? Yes, absolutely. I was talking to a friend yesterday who was talking about not only has there been an increase of people talking about mental health and mental illness in our schools and colleges. We've seen a huge rise in that here in the United States. Doesn't mean folks weren't living with mental health and mental illness before. We just are talking about it more and people are saying I need services. Well, in this time of unpredictability, incredible stress, hot buttons, and I call it triggers, that things are happening, emotions are all over, up and down, that folks with anxiety, folks with depression, folks with other types of mental illness, they deserve more support so they can be productive in the workplace and present in their families. And many organizations in the United States have support systems. I wonder if we need to up those in these times because folks that may not have quote, a mental health dynamic, are experiencing on that continuum far more stress and don't have the capacity and skills maybe to navigate difficult situations, conflicts, all those emotions that are getting re-stimulated. I don't know if you're experiencing that and hearing about that in India. Um, well, to a lesser extent, maybe because uh, most of us tend to, you know, stay with our parents. So, you know, it's not single families. We all stay together. So I have my mother and my father staying with me. You know, we all of us are together. So it just helps a little bit, you know, to a certain degree that you're able to talk about it. You, you know, you can take care of them. So, yeah. So what a different culture and way of being that gives you that emotional support, connection, community. To your question, in the U.S., most people may feel isolated from each other. Um, so a benefit so much, and I really wish the folks in India well in this pandemic. Yeah, of course, that, that's one thing that we've all uh, been very thankful for, especially in these times when you can just you know, take care of them and see that everything is going fine, they have everything that they need and they don't need to depend on anybody else. So yeah, that's mm -hmm. one good thing about the culture that's come up. Right, Kathy, so any last advice that you would like to give all the professionals out there to battle and survive the pandemic? I realize this morning I need to do this. So as I'm recommending that businesses and organizations, what is your core purpose? And how is what you're doing related to your dreams and your vision of how you want to be of service? I realize that's what I need to do individually. And so there might be people in organizations and individually that are asking, hmm, am I living the life I want to be living? Yes, it helps me pay the bills, helps me take care of my family, but are there dreams that I haven't realized? And are there ways I can also provide for myself and others and live closer to my core values and how I want to leave a legacy in the world? And in frightening times like these, most folks want to hunker down and listen to those whispers and maybe this could also be a time to explore what is my purpose in life? How do I want to, is there a business I want to create? Is there a different kind of work I want to do? Um, 
and listen to those. Not saying make decisions right away, but for folks who are laid off, for folks who do see that their business is shutting down, it could be an opportunity to, again, get quiet, meditate, and just keep taking notes and journaling. What, who'd you want to be when you were younger? And what ideas have you always had that you said, no, that doesn't make money? Well, the world is changing so fast and so many people are entrepreneurs and there's so much need that businesses don't meet anymore. Follow your heart. And that's hard to say when I know people are losing their jobs and people are having trouble finding food. And I'm just saying, listen to the whispers because maybe this could be a time that you actually find something that's far more profitable and really serves society in the world. And really what time, you know, better than the present. Maybe, you know, maybe it just turns out for the best. And that's what we're all hope, doing, you know, hoping for the best. So yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for your time, Kathy. It's been such a pleasure having you here. Thank you so much, Kathy. It's, it's been delightful.